morning. Today we're talking, exploring and exploring the study of emerging South African radio with Hendrik Bird. Um, I worked with his son at Tax FM. So please do enjoy this session. And if you have any questions, uh, let's keep them for the last five to ten minutes of the session. And then we start now. Thank you. Thank you very much. So very good morning to everybody. My name is Hendrik. I, um, two and a half years ago, got a partial bursary to study a master's degree 30 years after I'd left university. And I've just finished, and it was a major challenge. So if you ever think of going back to Varsity in your old age, don't. It's, it's really hard, especially if you have a full-time job. So um, my research for the study, um, which has now been marked and is going in today, so I'm done with that. It's an exploratory study on emerging South African radio. Um, you'll see we spell radio with an at, and I'll explain that now. So I'll talk about radio instead of radio. It's slightly different. Uh, I'm from an online radio station called Gay SA Radio, and um, the reason I did the study was partially to find out more about uh, what radio is. It's new, there's not much research on it, there's not much literature on it. Um, and there's two kinds of, of internet radio, if you want to call it that. There's radio on the... Um, Radio on the internet and radio from the internet. So the difference is if you have a terrestrial station like YFM or one of those um, who broadcasts on AM, FM, they also have a simulcast online, uh, which means that they are taking their content and putting it on the internet. Radio is radio from the internet. It starts from the internet and it broadcasts from there. So radio is defined as a multimedia, multi-platform and convergent medium differing from traditional AM, FM in that it has sound and image, is more interactive, more participatory, shareable, asynchronous, repeatable, reproducible, searchable, customizable, discontinuous, hypertextual, not linear, convergent and on demand. So it's a little bit different to uh, traditional radio. So the problem with uh, this subject is that there's very little knowledge about this. It's an emerging uh, industry. Uh, it's very new, really from 2012, 2013 onwards. Uh, things are starting to move in this country. Um, one of the biggest problems is we don't know what, uh, how many people are listening to it. There are no regularly uh, published statistics on listeners. We also have no clue how they use the internet. Is it the same as a traditional radio station or do they do it differently? Uh, SAFO's 30-year rule says that it takes 30 years for new technologies to be adopted. The first 10 years, it's still strange, people are not quite sure. The second 10 years, there's, um, people start buying into it. And then the third uh, 10 years, it becomes part of our ordinary lives. So I was wondering, where are we in the development of um, online radio, uh, according to that? Um, so that's where we started it. The objectives and aims was to find out how do they use the internet to broadcast and also their audience. How do they find their audience? Who do they target? How do they measure it? And what are their strategies uh, con um, concerning uh, audience? So this research really uh, just produced a lot of empirical data as a starting point for further research um, and trying to shine a light a little bit onto this new industry. So in the literature review, there's also not much lit around the subject. So I chose to look at new media, uh, the internet's uh, impact on media, as well as the convergence of radio and internet. And um, the method we used was exploratory research. There are obviously some 
uh, advantages and disadvantages of doing that. I used both a survey and an interview to find uh, the information. And originally, when I did the proposal, I found about 34 stations. By the time I got into the uh, research itself, that number had dropped. A number of stations had closed in the six months in between that period. And I think we ended up with 27 or something that I approached. Out of those, uh, we ended up with seven, which is a, a small sample. Um, but some of the bigger players didn't seem to want to participate, like Cliff, FM, uh, Cliff Central. I'm sure they don't want people to know how many listeners they have, because I'll show you later, we don't have listeners. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the ones that we did work with was AV Radio, eBiz, our own Gaeser Radio, Mother FM, Oracle FM, Radio Bop, and Raw Jams Radio. Now, some of these have been in business, like Mother FM started up, they say they're one of the first internet radio stations, 2003 they started. Uh, some of these are very new. Radio Bop was a terrestrial station in the old Botswana. They are about to go online, so they were like the newbies on the block. So it was a range of experience uh, between that. So I did a survey. The survey first was about how do they use the internet, all the different sites they use, um, and all the technicalities around that. And then I did interviews. And from the interviews, I generated keywords. And you can see some of them came up a lot. Some of them came up once or twice. Um, and then according to that, I arranged the whole thing and um, ex um, expanded on that. So there are some limitations. This is only a partial picture. It's not the whole industry. It's a few small players. Um, the data that I received is of varying quality. Some of it I didn't quite trust, and I'll show you as we go along. I also asked the voice of experience to speak the loudest. Obviously, the Radio Bob people didn't have that much experience. They had a lot of dreams. Mother FM was the one who had the most experience. Um, so we had to weigh that up. Also, we were not quite sure of some of the stats that were supplied to us, and some of them were marked as doubtful. And I also, because I am part of the uh, research or part of the companies that are being researched, I had to uh, take a very disinterested approach and take myself out of it and have a very kind of objective look at what we're doing and what everybody else is doing. Uh, for the sake of the research. So the results came in three sections, how the internet enables ra radio, how they create an audience, and how do they measure their success. So the results, um, it came in a, a very interesting things that came up, um, and not always things that I thought would come up. Um, there are certainly many advantages that uh, the respondents uh, spoke of, it's very easy, you don't need much equipment, you don't need a studio, you need a, a computer maybe, and a microphone, and off you go. Uh, it's very flexible, you're not bound to big corporations or big companies, you can do things on the fly, you can change things very quickly if you need to. It's relatively inexpensive, for probably 10,000 Rand you can set up uh, an online station, it's, um, compare that to terrestrial radio, and you'll see it's relatively expensive here. It's available everywhere where there's internet, of course. Um, one of our biggest questions is, what is your frequency? And we always say, the internet. So people don't quite understand that yet. Um, the other thing is that there's a local audience, but also a global audience. And it seemed like the respondents were targeting the local audiences more and neglecting the global audience. And that certainly is a, a big growth point, I think, that um, because we're not bound by geography. We are free to push the boundaries. Um, you know, there's no uh, Broadcasting Complaints Commission. There's no ICASA. There's nothing. We can do whatever we like on online radio. And so we push the boundaries. And um, podcasts obviously seem to be uh, quite a, a big advantage for many of the respondents. 
There are also some challenges, of course, operating online. It's very difficult to get a station off the ground, finding an audience for that. Um, everybody wanted to be a terrestrial. All of the respondents started out with a dream of being a terrestrial radio station and at some point had to give up because of the barriers to entry to that, all the red tape. Uh, the fact that you can't even get a license these days because of the moratorium, uh, digital migration and all that nonsense. So um, that certainly was a, a, a barrier. Financing, um, starting up capital, bridging capital, all that is, is problematic and a lot of these stations work on very, very low budgets. Technical issues are also a problem. You know, the internet in South Africa is not always reliable. Your signal drops, you lose your audience, so that also has a, a big effect on it, and there's very many unknown factors uh, that still need to be uh, explored. So some of these respondents are boldly going into the unknown. So working online is a big thing for, for some of these companies. Um, some of the staff work online. If you think of Mother FM, they have a Johannesburg office or a Cape Town office, and then their DJs are situated around the world, and uh, they all work online in an online environment from wherever they are. Um, a lot of innovation is needed when you work online. Um, as one of the respondents said, when they changed their business model, it was very, very difficult for people to understand to work off-site in another country in another way, and how do you do meetings, how do you do all of that. Uh, so they had to be um, very innovative in, in doing that. Uh, also, moving to the cloud has, has been a big thing for them, and that, of course, enables that you can work from anywhere. You can broadcast literally from wherever you are. I'm, for instance, situated in Cape Town. I do my recordings there, send it up, and it goes out, and it's as easy as that. Also, compared to regular radio, traditional radio, you have very small staffing uh, complements. A lot of volunteers are working in this. And the one word that came up a lot concerning online radio was passion. You need somebody with passion to drive the project. One of the respondents said he was very much the driver um, of Oracle FM, and then he left for some reason, and the whole thing fell flat, and he had to come back and reinvigorate it. So you need at least one person who's got a lot of passion uh, to drive this. Um, also, these stations are using the internet to generate uh, content, whether it's interviews, whether they stream from festivals, um, it just shows you how flexible uh, internet radio can be. Uh, Mother FM, for instance, they um, go to f uh, music festivals. Uh, they mainly a dance music platform, and they stream straight from there to their audience worldwide. So it's very easy. You just plug in and play. Oh, hang on. I don't go that far. So online also provides several income opportunities. Obviously, you can sell online advertising. Uh, you can do live broadcasts from business. Uh, you can sell interviews. I know eBiz Radio, for instance, charges 500 Rand for an interview, which they then play out. Um, somebody like Radio Bob was investigating making a partnership with Cell uh, C or Black or one of those where they can tap into an existing market. Uh, music affiliation, where you sell music from iTunes or something and get a small percentage, is something some of the uh, respondents uh, were looking at. Podcasts, obviously, uh, as we saw yesterday as well in that podcast uh, presentation, there are many opportunities for income, uh, whether you produce a podcast for somebody or you put pre-rolls, mid-rolls and end-rolls and all those things. And of course, all this uh, advertising you can sell on your website as well as on the social media and so on. So there certainly are opportunities for income in online radio, but so far none of the respondents have had any success in um, being profitable. 
So there seems to be a long journey ahead uh, for them to be able to make money off their efforts. As far as the audience is concerned, there are a number of factors that are uh, very negative that, uh, that is hampering the growth of online radio. The first, of course, in our, in our country, the problem is data. Now, whether data is expensive or not, that's not really the case. It's the perception that online radio uses a lot of data, and therefore I'm so stingy with my data, I'm not going to use it for that because I don't know how much it's going to use, and it's just going to eat up all my data. So there's a lot of perception uh, problems. The audience, they don't know how to consume uh, online radio. I had um, uh, somebody in my office the other day, also a master's student, very, very intelligent, clever man. I said to him, do you want to listen to, to Gay Essay Radio? He said, yeah, sure. I said, well, go to the website. He looked at the website and said, so what do I do now? Like, people suddenly don't understand how the web works when you talk about online radio. There's a big button there that says play, but nobody can click that. So there's a lot of education that needs to go into uh, the audience so that they can understand how to do that. Most people don't yet uh, respect the new technology. The older generation certainly is lagging behind. We see that the audience is much younger, 18 to 34 mainly, if not younger. Uh, education of audiences therefore is important that they understand what it is that we do, how we do it, how to listen and what the implications are for their data. And then, of course, potential business uh, partners also don't understand what we're doing. Uh, you go to any big company, let's take an example, um, some big hotel chain, and you tell them, we can do this for you, we've got a worldwide audience, we can bring you people from all over the world. The first thing they will ask you is, how many listeners do you have? You'll say, we have 10,000 a month, and they go, well, that's nonsense. You know, we'd rather go to Okozi where you have 3 million or whatever it is. So there's a lot of, of things that they don't understand, and the potential of what online radio can do uh, certainly is in its infancy. Okay, click. Sorry about that. So one has to create visibility for online radio. Uh, one of the respondents says you have to make a lot of noise. You can't just start your little thing and hope somebody's going to listen to it. It doesn't work that way. Also, that came up, if, if it seems to be successful, people will be attracted to it. Whether it's successful or not doesn't really matter. If it seems to be successful, and that is in our experience as well, people come to us and say, we like your work, we want to do something for you. Uh, visibility also is uh, online, but also offline. It's very important that you do things offline to get people online and tell them where to go and how to listen and all that sort of things. The biggest challenges, um, certainly marketing is one of the biggest challenges. Again, it's, it's financial. Most people don't have the, the money for that. Uh, another thing that came up is social media spending may not work for online radio. You spend on Facebook ads five, six hundred how much you're going to spend on that doesn't really matter. You won't really get much return from that. And there also doesn't seem to be a correlation between your um, social media numbers and the number of listeners that you have. There's, there's a gap somewhere that we need to fix. Um, so offline visibility and activities, most of the respondents are involved in that, whether it's community events or festivals or their own events or events of clients of theirs. Um, they, they need to be offline to be visible so that they can draw people onto the online platforms. Sharing content obviously is uh, very important. If you have an interview with somebody, you give that person a copy of the interview and they then share it through their networks so you can really share it far and wide. 
And third-party apps, of course, uh, TuneIn, uh, all those ones that you listen on are very important and helps to create visibility. And it's something that I also looked at a little bit more in depth. So listeners, in radio we talk about listeners. When we talk about online radio, talking about listeners is very difficult because that's only one aspect of a bigger audience that we have. Um, so the live stream is just one component of a selection of platforms that most of these respondents work on. Uh, one of them came up with a new term and said, we, we don't have listeners, we have listener users. Because they listen to us, but they also use our platforms, they use it in different ways, they listen while they're using... So we now talk about listener uh, users. One thing that certainly has a, uh, an effect on the numbers is connectivity issues. In our instance, for instance, um, our signal would drop very often. We would have, I don't know, 20, 30 people listening at a time. The signal would drop, they would all disappear. It would take two to three hours for them to come back or they would move on to a next station. So that certainly is uh, a technical issue that needs to be uh, taken into consideration, and also it affects the, the audience. I mean, if you want to listen to a radio, you can buy the cheapest little set. It's going to cost you, what, 10, 20 rand? I don't know. If you want to listen to online radio, you've got to get a laptop or a smartphone. Uh, you've got to know how to work it. You've got to have access. You've got to have data, uh, and that certainly is uh, also holding back at the moment uh, the development of online radio. So uh, in asking who they target, well, they came up with different ideas of, of how they target an audience, whether it's geographical. Uh, Oracle FM, for instance, is Port Elizabeth-based, and they kind of work with that community. Um, same with uh, Raw Jams, uh, that is in Soshanguve. It's aimed at Soshanguve, but um, so it's a geographical audience. Then also generation or age-specific. Uh, one of the respondents said they were very surprised to find out that the audience is so young. They thought it would be a mature audience, but it is much younger than they, uh, they anticipated. Also, of interest, uh, that could be a uh, global audience, a part that's been neglected by most of the respondents. They focus too much on South Africa and don't realize that there's a much bigger market out there uh, that they can tap into. You can also target by income or living standard and certainly niche audiences uh, in our case, for instance, we target LGBTQ plus people very specifically, so it's a, a, an interest. But all of these are niche audiences. Every one of these respondents had a very specific uh, audience in mind that they were broadcasting to. How this audience behaves, well, one of the respondents said very cleverly, people are lazy. They don't want to do much. They want to do one click and that's it. You know, two clicks is too much. So they want it easy, they want it understandable, um, and most of the listening that we see either happens on desktop computers from work, uh, much less so on smartphones, on the apps. And of course, one uh, respondent said, please remember, not all your people are listening all the time. You might have 100,000 listeners, but only six are listening now. And that's also one advantage of online radios. You can see in real time um, how many people are listening and what exactly is going on. So how to grow that audience? Certainly content and niche content is the key to that. Um, somebody like Mother FM, again, who specializes in dance music, that's a very, very specific genre for a very specific audience. In our case, Gay Radio, we are only doing LGBTQ+, and that's our audience, 
allies and, and those people can listen with, but we don't target them specifically. Uh, also, somebody said you need to niche into your niche even more. If you're LGBT, then you have to go, we're going to do bisexuals and then male, and you have to niche, 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 niche into the niche as far as possible in order to grow your audience. Uh, tapping into existing networks uh, was one of the strategies also that they used. For instance, you have a, um, an interview with somebody, you give them uh, the recording and they take it and share it on their networks as well, which all feeds back again uh, into the station. And then, of course, there are different ways to access radio, smart speakers, uh, cell phones, etc., etc. So I want to just show you one of the respondents explained how they distribute their content, and it becomes quite complicated. So we've got the broadcast of our stream. We have a service provider called NetDynamics, who we then send our stream to. They broadcast it back onto our website, so that's one way that they're broadcasting. The other way is we transmit content via the internet. We podcast uh, using two platforms, Omni Studio and iTunes. We broadcast on iTunes and, by extension, Omni. Also broadcast on YouTube the second biggest search engine, so the content is repackaged into video with graphic, and that is then put onto YouTube. They also transmit content via the blog. Uh, the website gets all of the podcasts on there, the articles, all the other content. Then there's social media, uh, transmitting all of that, social media images, articles, all that jazz, polls, all across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So it's not just a question of, Hi, I'm Hendrik from Gaze Radio. Welcome to... It's a whole network of things that you have to think about. And how do you publish all of this? Do you do it at the same time? Does it come in, in batches, in stages? But it's, it's quite a complicated process for some of the respondents. Uh, looking at the online platforms that were used, um, you can see everybody had a website, email. Not everybody had a, everybody had a blog. Uh, they all broadcast and streamed on the Internet. Um, and most of them have a social media presence, Facebook being probably the largest one of all. Third-party apps. Now, these are the ones that are most regularly used. TuneIn.com, iTunes, Shoutcast, and Nobex Radio are the most used by the respondents. The biggest question is, how do you, when you have an audience, how do you convert them into money? How do you make money off them? Um, and one respondent said, it's, it's almost like a totally different business, even though it's the same business. It's still radio, but it's got a whole different way of, of doing uh, business. There are many barriers. Uh, we find that nobody wants to advertise with us. It's very, very hard to convince people that we, first of all, have a, a worthwhile audience. Secondly, that we have reach, uh, that we have influence, and um, that it's, in fact, a credible thing to do. Uh, we see also that... Um, Ad buyers don't really consider online radio. They go for the old traditional methods, and therefore there are many barriers to ad spend. Um, was it Radio Bob who said, advertisers buy relationships? So you have to have a relationship with somebody before you can uh, um, pull them in and, and uh, make money off them. So um, some of these... Respondents also sell their advertising across platforms, for instance, on Facebook, uh, where you would boost posts. Um, and also, very importantly, content and the ads go hand in hand. Mother FM said, if you don't have content, how can you have ads? You've also got to match the ads to the content. If you're having a dance show, you can't now suddenly have hemorrhoid cream uh, advertised. You've got to have something that's got to aim at your audience as well. 
so some of the respondents uh, used the tactic of giving advertisers free ads to try and lure them in, uh, show them that it's worthwhile, and then slowly start charging them for that. One of the respondents also had one client, one huge client, and they depended on that, uh, which is problematic in that when that client leaves, the business then folds because there's no backup uh, and smaller clients to keep it going. Luckily, we have an online ad agency. It's very new. It's called Awake Online. They've been doing a lot of work. They sell advertising across platforms and across stations. Um, they've also been going for about a year or two and uh, are... Well, we'll hope they start making some progress soon and some money comes out of that. I asked the respondents how do they measure their success? What is the value of their listener numbers? Do they need the numbers to be able to sell advertising? And some of the respondents said, well, yeah, if you, if you have an advertiser, you've got to tell him I've got 10,000 people we can reach or whatever it is. Um, but they also felt that Numbers were not the be-all and end-all of the whole thing. There were very many other factors that they would take into consideration in order to measure their success. So a company in um, the US called Triton Digital has a webcast metrics, a way of measuring the audience. It's a little sum that you have to make. And I tried to apply that to the South African um, uh, respondents and I couldn't make it work. One, because you can't measure for more than 24 hours, they only take less than 24 hours, and we find people listen for days on end, so you have to discount all of that. And then some other factors also couldn't be taken into uh, consideration. So I tried to make uh, this little thing to show you how many concurrent listeners they have at one time. So you take the total listening hours of one here, the total listening sessions, and also the podcast listens, and then you make a little sum and you get to how many people are listening at any one time. And you can see the numbers are, I mean, Radio Bop has not started officially yet. AV is a, a hobby. They work from uh, the Limpopo province. They also have very few people listening. Um, the biggest number is Gaia Radio, which had 6.4 at a listening at any one time. This number, though, was problematic, and I don't trust that one, so I just marked it as, I don't know, that seems odd. That seems very high. <laughs> so the question then is also, how do we measure? What do we measure, and how do we measure, and how do we report that? And I'll come back to that in a moment. I also looked at the social media statistics, which... Um, platforms they use, and you can see Facebook features very strongly there in the blue. Uh, Gaze Radio has, well, at, at the time, uh, almost 30,000 people on Facebook, uh, but uh, if you look at the listeners again, there's no correlation between the two, which we find very interesting. Um, uh, Mother FM, very much a, a Twitter fan, as you can see. So what affects the numbers? Are there any kind of things that one has to look into to know that your numbers are going to go up and down. And at this point, none of the respondents knew how to do that. It's, it's a mystery in many ways. Technical issues, certainly, as I said before, uh, also has an influence on the listener numbers. But it, and again, the correlation between numbers and social media, there's nothing like that that we can see at this point. Um, and one of the respondents said, it depends on the show. Certain shows, if you have a nice DJ and a good content, it'll have a bigger audience of course, uh, as opposed to some others that might have much smaller audiences. So Priestman in 2006 wrote, 
whether we like it or not, the presence of the internet forces us to reconsider what radio means to us as a medium. We have by now, most of us, taken it for granted all our lives. Turn on the radio and there you have it. For the first time, we have to define what makes radio solely in terms of A, the content, and B, how the listener distinguishes it from other sounds available through their multipurpose receiver, the computer. Uh, the last part of my research, and I'll share the link with you in a moment so you can go and read the whole thing, and of course it's in much more detail than I can ever explain it here today. Um, I then ended up with a discussion on the evolution of various aspects. First of all, the evolution of radio into online radio. Very interestingly, it kind of echoes the beginning of radio. You know, in the early 1900s, it was a Wild West. Everybody did whatever they wanted. They had the little crystal sets. Usually the men used to go in their basements with their sons and they would fiddle and they would try and connect with everybody and everybody started broadcasting to sell radios. The shops would have a little radio station and that's our radio station. Start. So it was all kind of unregulated and everybody did whatever they pleased until some point in the 30s where they started regulating it much more. So we're in that, in that space now. Everybody does whatever they please. They don't care what everybody thinks. They can say whatever they want. They can try whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. Uh, there's really no limitation on, on online. Um, there's always, we, we saw yesterday, what was that slide, Video Killed Radio Star. And we always think one technology is going to take over an older technology. We think online radio is going to take over radio and radio is going to disappear and it's all going to be online. But we know from experience that these things, old and new media, exist side by side. They might influence each other, but it's just another uh, flower in the flower pot there for us to enjoy. At the moment, no government control. We can experiment, learn, push boundaries. Uh, all the stations had different operating models and different crea creative approaches. One thing that came up was the digital divide and digital inequality, which is still a big problem, specifically in South Africa. Uh, many people have access to the internet, most people don't. Those who do have access to the internet have it in various ways. Some people just use WhatsApp, some people have unlimited data and can stream Netflix and can do whatever. So that inequality certainly plays a role. Uh, in how people consume online radio. The setup and management obviously is much easier than a regular traditional radio. And because so many of these people use volunteers, it seems to be a new kind of community radio, a different kind of community radio uh, than the one that we have uh, currently in the country. Certainly the young audience is very interesting, uh, and much younger than expected. As I said before, the media buyers don't really understand. The numbers are quite low compared to traditional radio. Um, and they have different ways of generating income, uh, which certainly is interesting. Innovation, the way they work off-site uh, from various uh, places in the world, they also innovate in the, in the way in which they use volunteers. And they're not limited by time and space. This is the internet. You can do anything, anywhere, anytime uh, for a global audience. Then there's the evolution of the listener into the listener-user. They are found on various platforms. They're not just listening. They are on all social media, on the website, and everywhere else. Um, and also to integrate audio as part of a multimedia experience. In our case, for instance, Gaysa Radio, we think of ourselves not as an online radio station, but as an online media platform, which changes ever so slightly in, in how you look at things. Um, and also the multimedia experience is then more important. We're not geographically bound. 
but the respondents have not yet started to capitalize on a global audience, and there's certainly a lot of uh, scope for improvement there. Lack of visibility resources and complicated online working is certainly a deterrent. And there's new ways of communication, multimedia, new ways of bringing your content to an audience. As I said earlier, it's very important to niche even deeper into the niche. And then something which not many of the respondents refer to, which is a big opportunity, is user-generated content, or UGC, where you have, let's say you have 10,000 listeners, and five of them regularly send you content, and you, can, you don't have to pay for it, you give them little gifts, you give them a t-shirt or something, or put them on social media, their picture, and give them some exposure. Um, and because they are invested in that, then it becomes more of a community radio thing. So many of the respondents said that this is an intricate web that you have to spin in order to catch your prey. So you have to be everywhere. You have to be where your audience already is and deliver your content there. And you spin your web and you'll catch your little flies and hopefully make some money in the process. And the last evolution was the evolution of statistics reporting. Certainly, there needs to be one standard for reporting online radio. How we do that um, is still a mystery. There are so many things you could look at. Hours streamed, number of sessions, number of unique IPs, the, the duration of sessions. There are so many things you could look at. And at some point, we have to do that because the Triton web metrics certainly doesn't work in, in our instance, and we'd have to figure that out. The low numbers, certainly lack of understanding, the problem with data, um, the unsuited measuring tool doesn't really give a real picture of, of the audience. And because listener users are on several platforms, you've got to find a new way of, of measuring your audience that's not just a listener. So that's really my story. I uh, have published it on my website, hendrikbeard.com. There's also a direct link here. It's called tiny.cc uh, tiny uh, forward slash 9q188y for everybody listening on the podcast. And uh, you can read the whole thing there. It's obviously much more in detail. And I think there's a lot of scope for further investigation into this field. And I hope that my small little contribution uh, would motivate people to research this subject much more. So, hang on one, I was going to say thank you for my supervisor, <laughs> Franz, for helping me through this, and Indra Danalala, and all the participants in the study, and of course, thank you to you. Uh, have a great day. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Hendrik. Um, if there are any questions on the floor, please. Um, note one. Okay, those are cameras. All right. Thank you. Um, do you play a lot of music on air, uh, on online? I do. Pardon? Music. Do you yes. play much? Yes. Uh, do you pay for it? You. That's the only licensing requirement online radio needs is a Capasso license for digital rights. Capasco. Capasso. Yes. Okay. All that's right. the no, only just, license you need. Because the Wild West seems to feel that the music should be for free. It ain't and shouldn't yeah. be. Uh, no, there's, uh, you know they unbundled uh, Dalro and they now Capasso is a separate organization. And for online radio, you only work with digital rights. So it's composer rights. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, is of all the tools that you use, have you ever looked at a company called Radio Jar? R-A-D-I-O-J-A-R. No, don't know. Magic. Okay. Uh, and the metrics there are incredible okay. and very, very easy to access. 
uh, and it enables you to have multiple responders, multiple presenters at any one mm. time from anywhere in the world. Good tool, radiojar.com. Radiojar. Anyone with a question? Okay. Uh, how are you doing? I just want to find out, because you, you touched on um, having third-party, uh, I say, distributors of a yeah, lack of a better word. Yeah. Yes. So how, how possible do you think it would be viable to partner up with, um, on, I mean, uh, mobile companies like Vodacom, MTN, for distribution's sake, for instance, like a podcast bundle of some sort? In the experience of the respondents, they, they had no, that didn't work for them. I can't say it didn't work. I don't think they even tried that. I'm not sure how Vodacom or any of the cell companies would distribute your content. Third-party apps is the best way to do that. You have to list your, yourself on iTunes, Internet Radio, on uh, TuneIn, on uh, Tallulah. There's many of these that, that help you to distribute uh, the signal. Um, and the more places you can distribute it to, the better the chances of somebody finding it. Because, you know, there are thousands of online radio stations worldwide. And finding the one that really interests you is, is, is quite tricky. It's going to take you some time. So the more platforms you can have this on, the better and the easier it is to find your audience or for your audience to find you. Can I have a follow-up on that? Yeah. Uh, why aren't you guys on DSTV as well? Um, no. DSTV gave us a flat no. Why? For in our case, we're gay, so guess what? Okay. Into Africa, they can't transmit gay things, so yeah. Yeah, we got a very quick no. That was the, quickest, the second quickest no I got in my life. <laughs> trying to move somebody and trying to get a bucky. <laughs> Can I get no? Okay. All right, uh, thank you so much, Hendrik. I think let's just give a round of applause to uh, Hendrik.